Hello and welcome into another episode of the Fantasy Football Pod with Nick and Cody coming at you with our full Week 10 preview here recording on a Friday evening. We have a ton of information to get to and we have a ton of it available to us. Uh, it's you know, kind of a, the, the game you play here with recording these podcasts, Cody, is how long do you wait? Because you can give a better podcast the more information you have, but then there is less time for the people to view it. But I do like having all, all of this information available for injuries. It kind of makes our jobs easier, as it were. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, it gives you a full day Saturday as well as a uh, you know morning on Sunday to kind of at least pick through the parts that you want to listen to. And uh, just a reminder – if there's any specific game or player you want to hear about, we do time code all of the games in the description of the podcast. So if you don't want to stick around for you know, the full hour and a half, you don't have that kind of time, but you want to hear our opinions on a certain player, that's a very easy way to do it. Also, hit us up on social media if you have any trade discussions you need to you know talk through with people or start set decisions. We're always happy to help you out there as well. Um, but Nick, I know you got a big injury report here that you kind of like to run through, so I'm going to let you take it away and go ahead and knock that out real quick. Yeah, uh, lots of stuff to get to here. A few things have broke in between the last time we guys talked to you, uh, or last time we, we talked to you guys about uh, injuries before our Thursday night preview. But uh, Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro of the Las Vegas Raiders both went on IR this week. They will miss at least four more weeks. So Darren Waller looks like he had a setback with that hamstring. They're going to make sure he is... Fully healthy before he comes back and maybe just shut down for the year at this point. Uh, same with Hunter Renfro, honestly. Uh, if this team is 2-6 and six right now and you know not out of the playoff picture when they come back, it probably doesn't make any sense to bring them back. Um, are you dropping both of them in uh, redraft leagues, Cody? Yeah, Renfro was definitely droppable um, just in all He was droppable anyway, right. Yeah, Waller is a little bit tough just because of the positional um, situation. I mean, if he does come back around the playoffs and he happens to go off against you, that's you know that'd be a tough, tough way to go out. So if you hold on to Waller, I understand it. But if it comes to a situation where there's no one else on your bench you want to drop and Waller's the, the odd man out, then he's you definitely can, but... It is always tough with tight ends to uh, get rid of guys that you know will potentially play again this year around what could be your fantasy playoffs. And then do you have any interest in the guys replacing them in the lineup here in Foster Moreau and uh, Mac Collins on the wide receiver side of things? Mac Collins, definitely. Um, I think that he has been their number two option pretty much this whole year anyway. So he's kind of just gets a little bit, probably a, a bit of a bump up in my mind, at least on a consistent basis. And his floor and ceiling probably get a little bit of a bump up. Um, Moreau, I'm probably not as excited about. Waller's been missing games, you know, week after week recently, and Moreau hasn't done anything to uh, excite me too much. So he's definitely on my streaming radar if he starts to get more interest from Derek Carr, but for right now, he's, he's just on my radar. Yeah, I think Holland's much more interesting in deeper leagues. Uh, probably one of those guys you're going to be able to pick up off the waiver wire most weeks in 10-team situations, but 12 or more uh, team leagues, you should probably go pick up Hollins, especially if you're struggling at wide receiver. He should see you know, six to seven targets at least every week just based on uh, the options uh, the Raiders yeah. are looking at the rest of the way. Uh, I'm going to run through the rest of the stuff here. That was kind of the one fantasy impact that we had uh, come through the wire here that isn't injury-related. 
Uh, besides this one, that's Alvin Kamara's legal case. Got delayed till January, so you probably don't have to worry about, or almost certainly do not have to worry about a suspension uh, for the rest of this year. Josh Allen missed practice uh, all three days this week, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. He seems 50-50 at best to play. I would honestly expect him not to. Just makes too much sense uh, for the Bills. Don't want to push this with your franchise quarterback. You're 7-1, and one, or excuse me, 6-2, and two, but they're in good playoff position. You know, they can afford to take a game with Case Keenum at home and a matchup I think they will win anyway. Uh, Ryan Tannehill has been limited so far this week. He is a toss-up at this point. Uh, I don't really know how much it matters. Probably more for the over-under or line betters than anything else. Kyler Murray has been limited with a hamstring injury this week. He'll be a game-time decision. Cliff Kingsbury said that today, so definitely have another option. Or if you want to just pivot off him completely, I don't blame you. Uh, his running will probably be compromised by this injury, and he's playing a tough Rams defense that he usually struggles against anyway. So I'd probably just try to find another option. Stafford still in the concussion protocol. Uh, it seems like he actually still has a chance to play. I thought he was basically out when they, you know, came out on Wednesday and said he was in the protocol. But keep an eye on that one. Again, not really important for Stafford's purposes. Probably just more so for uh, Cup and maybe Higby. Jonathan Taylor, he practiced in full on Thursday and I believe as well on Friday, so he should be good to go. Uh, if you you know you need to play him, I think he's a a back end RB two option until we see how this team plays out with. Saturday at the helm and Ellinger at quarterback. It, it could be pretty rough. Zeke was limited on Thursday and Friday. Jerry Jones seems to think he's going to be just fine. Zeke is not so sure. Uh, I would not call it a lock that he plays, but even if he does, I'd expect him to be maybe light, uh, you know, getting even a slightly lighter load than you would normally expect for Zeke. Uh, we'll talk about him when we do the game preview for the Packers and the and the Cowboys. Uh, Jones, uh, Aaron Jones, on the other side of the field, and that one has also been limited thus far this week. This one's tough to read. His uh, initial reports came back positive, but uh, it still seems like he might miss a game here. And if even if he plays, he could be limited. Um, so it's really you're just going to have to kind of go based on what the pregame reports are with Aaron Jones. Hopefully something comes out Sunday morning that uh, gives us some confidence either playing or not playing him. Mike Evans has been limited this week. Seems like he'll be fine. Uh, Treland Burks, he's been activated and he plans to play against Denver. A little surprising. I thought they might try to work him back in for a week or two on the practice field, but Apparently he is healthy and ready to go, and he will play against the Broncos this weekend. They really need him. Go stash him if he's, uh, you know, if you're in a, again, this is more of a 12-team plus league situation, but go stash, go stash Burks if you can. Uh, he could be very important to this Titans team. Brandon Cooks will return to the team against the Giants this week. Uh, he was limited early in the week with a wrist injury, but he seems to be fine as far as that goes. So he will play. Uh, we'll talk about that game later as far as those two receivers are concerned. Keenan Allen has not practiced this week. He probably won't go. McCole Hardman has missed practice this week with an abdomen injury. Interesting one. We didn't really see anything about this on uh, the Sunday night or afterwards, but seems like he's going to miss. Jarek McKinnon also picked up a questionable tag on Friday. Never like to see the midweek downgrade, but it could help condense things in that backfield. So uh, we'll talk about the KC guys later on as well. Cody, any specific reactions to this injury news? Uh, yes, I got a couple of things here. One, um, on the Zeke thing, I just think it's funny that the owner thinks that he is okay, but the player is in question. That's never <laughs> yeah, a good Not situation. usually how that goes, right? Yeah. For sure. And then um, Aaron Jones is, as of today, he has no injury designation according to the Packers. So it looks like he oh, definitely will okay, play on Sunday. Um, and then we'll get into that kind of when we talk about the Packers game as well. But... Uh, other than that, yeah, I don't think I have much else to say other than what you had added there. So it looks like with the the hamstring, Keenan Allen, I don't know when you can kind of expect him to come back because 
Um, that, that one's just kind of tough, but we don't have to get into that too much on this episode because he won't probably be playing this week, but um, definitely someone in probably our next trade trade for, trade away segment we'll probably have to talk about because he is uh, probably a big question mark on a lot of good rosters out there. Yeah, 100%. Don't know how to read that Keenan Allen situation. Uh, hamstring injuries for guys in their 30s are just really tough. I think that's a lesson we need to learn here is that uh, this is always the risk when you draft guys at skill positions that are 30-plus uh, years old that just can be hard to heal uh, as quickly as they did in their prime. But uh, anyway, we'll move on to the matchups here. Uh, the first one is the game in Munich, Germany. That is Seattle against Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay favored by two and a half. Over under is forty four and a half in this one. Um, a little surprised at that line. Uh, I've seen a lot of people on the Bucks this week. I just I was I was definitely surprised that uh, on a neutral site that Tampa was getting two and a half points against Seattle. Not seeing what we've seen so far this year, but faith in Tom Brady from Vegas uh, is probably well warranted at the end of the day. Uh, on the Seattle side, I think Geno Smith's a solid starter this week, especially with Burrow and Lamar on by, as well as uh, Josh Allen being hurt and Justin Herbert in the uh, the terrible matchup with none of his weapons available. He kind of uh, you know rises up the ranks a little bit. I'd call, call him a top 10 play. Uh, I think you can probably throw Geno in there. Again, if you have one of those four guys or you've just been streaming all year, he's, he's a fine option on a game that should have a decent amount of points. Uh, any disagreement on Geno, Cody? No, I don't think so. Yeah, if he if he was out on your waiver wires this week, he definitely would have been a good pickup on for any of these guys with Bye or Josh Allen or Herbert owners. He should be a really good play this week. Cody, I think I might have lost you there. Did can you hear me? Oh, yep. We just got back connected there. Sorry about that. Um, okay. I don't know if you heard my little spot on Gino, but I basically just agreed with you there with the players that are out and Herbert and Allen and bad situations are hurt. I think Gino's a solid starter and should have a good week against Tampa Bay, who's not a uh, terrible defense to, to have to pass the ball against. Yeah, they have a little bit of a pass funnel defense as well. I mean, obviously, as Seattle, you know, we know Pete Carroll as a coach is going to try to establish it, but uh, they may have to throw the ball a little more than usual. Still starting Kenneth Walker, though. Uh, again, he's he's a top five back rest of season, and you just can't sit him the way he's been playing, although you might want to just expect some tougher sledding against this solid Tampa Rundy. The wide receivers are pretty easy. I'm calling them both wide receiver twos. They're pretty even in my mind. I think they both, you know, they're basically living at eight to nine targets apiece. Lockett's been a little bit better on his targets, but Metcalf's probably a little bit more likely to score a touchdown. So I think they're both pretty even in my eyes, and they're both very startable. Uh, I think you can go ahead and throw them in your lineup again they may see a few extra targets because of the the way tampa plays defense um anything to add nope i was just gonna say lockett may actually have a, a slight edge on metcalf in uh full ppr leagues he seems to be getting a little bit more targeted just slightly more than metcalf is but not too much you know going either way they're both wide receiver twos and then Noah Fant might be come an option later on this year. I like the talent here, but uh, I'm not chasing last week against Arizona. His snap share has not come up. There was nothing metrics wise to suggest that this you know this breakout had any any meaning other than the fact that Arizona is horrible at defending tight ends. Um, on the Tampa Bay side of things. Would you rather start Tom Brady or Geno in this one? I think that's kind of an interesting question. Um I think I'd probably, like, if I had Tom Brady and he was my guy, would I go pick up Geno to play over Tom Brady? Probably not. Um, but if I had both guys on the roster, I would definitely um, consider it. But I think I'm still going Tom uh, through and through on this one. I just, 
you know, they both have higher end talent, but ultimately I know Seattle is going to want to try and run the ball more. And I know that Tampa Bay has kind of given up on running in a sense, and they're going to let Tom throw for a 350. And if he can get a couple of touchdowns added on there as well, if he can have a really big fantasy day. Yeah, I think that's a pretty good point. I think they'd probably project similarly if you were to just kind of play out all the scenarios of this game. Uh, you know, if they played out all the different ways, I think Geno and Tom are pretty similar options. But like you said, Geno has a lower floor. If Seattle's able to do what they want, which is run the ball, they're not going to let Geno get back there and throw it 40 times. Uh, like you said, the, Bra- the, the Buccaneers have no other choice but to let Brady do that these days. So I'd probably go Tom as well. Uh, hoping that touchdown regression finally hits him in a positive direction this week, but we'll see. It has to at some point this year. Uh, the running back's a little bit more of an interesting conversation. We kind of talked about it on our Thursday night preview episode. Rashad White getting some buzz around uh, the the Buccaneers just beat reporters right now, saying that there's a possibility he may uh, you know emerge here. I don't think you can – again, you're not betting on it until you see it, so Leonard Fournette's still the guy you're going with here, but – just something to watch. Definitely holding Rashad White on my bench, especially if you're RB needy. Yep, for Week Ten, Fournette's the guy, and and if White is out there in just about any league you're in, even if it is a more shallow league, um, just because the running back position is so valuable, I think he's worth a pickup. So if he's out there, make sure to go get him. Yeah, these are the type of high upside guys that if they end up inheriting a starting running back role that you, you want to keep on your bench uh, as opposed to the you know the guys in timeshares that don't really have that opportunity. Like the Rams, um, guys, for example. Exactly. Or like a, even like a James Robinson, you know, t- yep. some, someone like that that's going to need an injury to, to be relevant. Uh, the wide receivers were starting still. Um, I, I know it's been rough for them, but especially in PPR leagues, they've still been getting you by. And again, touchdown regression will come for this team. And if Brady keeps throwing the ball this much, it's probably going to go to one of these two guys and they're going to be the beneficiary there. So hoping Mike Evans or Chris Godwin or both, if we're lucky, can get into the end zone this week. And um, again, pay off the fantasy managers who have shown a lot of patience with these two so far. Um, anything to add on the Bucks receivers, Cody? No, you nailed it. you got to start them. Kate Otten, solid streamer if Brait sits, but I believe he put in a full practice. Uh, the head injuries are always kind of confusing, so that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to play. Again, uh, Seattle and Arizona have just been absolutely horrible at defending the tight end position, so if Otten is the guy, he's a solid streamer. I probably like him more than the tight end t- uh, touchdown or bust guys like Cole Komet, um, Dawson Knox, and Mike Kosicki, yep. those types. But if, uh, if Brait's in, you can't start either one. Agreed with that as well. Denver at Tennessee. Uh, this game makes me a little sick, although the over-under has come up a little bit, so that makes me feel slightly better about my boys in uh, in Denver, that they're getting a little bit more respect. But Tennessee by three in this one at home. Over-under up to 39, a whopping 39 points. On the, uh, the Denver side, we're not starting Russ yet, but as I've said a couple times before, I think he's worth a stash if you're QB needy, and maybe if you're, uh, you know, if you're QB needy and a good team, which is kind of an odd combo, but he has a really, really good schedule in the back half of the year. If this offense can figure it out even a little bit, he's going to you know, have an opportunity to emerge as a startable option later this year. Um, the running backs, I'm not even touching any of them. I think they're all worth holding in separate situations, probably deeper leagues for most of these guys, but Latavius Murray, Melvin Gordon, and now Chase Edmonds in the fold, a 39 point over under. Uh, I don't see any way you could even recommend starting one of these guys. Uh, I think there are a lot of lower end options I would pivot to that we'll talk about later, but you're just holding and seeing how this situation goes. I really don't know what to expect. It's a lot of mouths to feed and an offense that doesn't have uh, much to give. So 
I'm not uh, not going this route. Uh, the wide receivers are more playable, but similar in the sense that I think uh, this this game script is just tough for them. 39-point over-under is going to be hard to find uh, any options for, and we're looking at six guys in the skill positions for Denver, so it, it really could go a lot of different ways. Cody, would you be starting Judy or Cortland Sutton in this one if you had the choice? Um, I am very biased because I need this guy to really turn his season around, so I'm going to stick with Cortland Sutton. Um, but if you go off of <clears throat> recent trends before the bye, uh, Sutton has been some – has been a really bad fantasy football player, and Judy has been the guy with at least some relevance. Um, so if you want to follow the trend, Judy would be the guy to go with, but uh, for personal, very biased reasons, I hope Sutton turns this season around. Yeah, I, honestly, Cody, I think it's a complete coin flip. I know Judy's I, been the guy should. lately, but Sutton was the guy at the beginning of the year. I just think there's, again, the emergence of Greg Dulcich is going to make things hard for these guys, I think. It's going to be more of a, a back-and-forth situation than it may have been earlier on this year where you can kind of count on eight targets apiece for them. Even if they weren't the greatest targets, you were still getting looks. I think that might change if Dulcich emerges as he was before the buy started. But I would agree. I'd probably go Sutton just for the touchdown potential. Not not a strong leaning one way or another, though. Uh, yeah. Greg Dulcich, who I just talked about, I think he's in the starting tier. I really like what I've seen. He's played three career games. He's been in the top 12 of tight ends all three times. Hoping he can continue his momentum. Again, tight end is uh, just not exciting towards the back half of starters most weeks. So uh, the over-under scares me a little bit here, but I think I am willing to uh, ride the hot hand in Greg Dulcich uh, at my tight end spot if I am you know, streaming the position. Yeah, he's he's definitely a tier above all those uh, touchdown or bust guys that we that Nick had kind of mentioned, the Gaseckis, the Cole Komets, those kind of players for sure. Um, but I do want to step back real quick to the wide receivers because I do see one of the show doc here. Would you take Michael Pittman Jr. or one of the Buck or Broncos wide receivers? Man, I think I'd take both, both this the Broncos week and guys. Rest of season. Um, I I'm the same answer. I I can't okay. trust a Jeff Saturday led team right now, and I can't trust a Sam Ellinger led offense. Uh, who knows how that's <laughs> going to play out? Can't believe, uh, but I just. <laughs> no, I mean, I think there's a chance Russ figures it out and both of these guys are relevant, or at least one of them is. I, I don't have the same confidence that the, the Colts are going to turn into any sort of high-powered offense. I think Pittman's going to have to basically completely rely on getting fed the ball 12 times a game. And again, that's not what the Colts are going to want to do under Jeff Saturday. They're going to run Jonathan Taylor 25 times. Yep, I um, agree with you there. I think the Tennessee Titans are one of the easiest teams for us to rank right now and just in general uh, break down because it's pretty much Derrick Henry and no one else. You're not considering any of the pass-catching options. Traylon Burks, again, stash him, see how much he plays. He may be relevant uh, down the stretch here because the Titans really need somebody on the outside. But um, it's either going to be Ryan Tannehill or Malik Willis. It does not matter for the fantasy options. Uh, but maybe if you are betting on this game, keep an eye on it. I think you'd Obviously, if you're Denver, you'd rather see Malik Willis, and if you're, you know, if you're Tennessee, you'd rather see Tannehill, just so the passing game has some teeth. But um, not starting anyone other than Derrick Henry on the Titans. Uh, do you have anything to add on Tennessee? Nope, you nailed it. Just want to reiterate: if uh, Traylon Burks is out there in any of your leagues and you're a wide receiver needy, or you just need an extra flex player, go at him now because this team needs him really bad. Yeah, I'd say even 10-team leagues, if you've got a spot in your bench, yep. go ahead and stash him. I uh, I just like his upside quite a bit, and like you said, they really, really need him. 
Uh, Minnesota at Buffalo is our next one. Buffalo favored by only three points now. That kind of tells you what you need to know about uh, if Vegas expects Josh Allen to play this game. Uh, I think that if there was any chance he play, he was going to play. This this would be this line would be a lot closer to seven, like it was at the beginning of the week. So I'm fairly confident it's going to be Case Keenum this weekend. Over under 43. Minnesota, uh, Kirk Cousins. I am really trying to avoid this week. I know the Buffalo beat defense is beat, is beat up, but um, this is just a tough situation for him. He doesn't really handle this cold weather very well usually, and uh, again, he really hasn't been that good this year on a you know per yards per attempt basis. Uh, it's been just a lot of close games the Vikings have won, and their defense stepping up in recent weeks uh, to kind of mask sort of Cousins' slightly poorer play than we've seen from the past couple of years in uh, in Minnesota. Uh, I just don't love the upside at Buffalo here. Again, the, the Vegas only giving them 20 projected points. So I'm probably trying to add somebody else, like a Garoppolo or a Trevor Lawrence, to start over him personally. Uh, would you start those guys over, Cousins? Uh, Trevor Lawrence for sure. Garoppolo, I would think about it, but I do agree this Buffalo defense is scary, so I understand pivoting to Garoppolo. Would you also start Jared Goff over Kirk Cousins against the Bears? I would, yeah. I'd start gar- okay. golf over both of Garoppolo and Lawrence as well. Okay. I like that game script quite a bit in uh, in Chicago this week. Yep, that's where I figured you had him at. But, yeah, I would definitely do Trevor Lawrence and Jared Goff over Kirk Cousins. Garoppolo I'd have to think about, but when you look at their matchup and the weapons they have and the Chargers kind of beat up defense, I, I could understand going Garoppolo over Cousins as well. Uh, the rest of the team is pretty easy. Uh, there's not much conversation to be had about Dalvin Cook or Justin Jefferson. You're playing them, can, even considering the matchup. They're just too good to sit. Uh, I think Thielen is, I wouldn't call him off my radar necessarily, but he's somebody that I'm looking to sit as well in this one. I think a lot of the times when we, we have these offenses that are you know good but not great, and they have auxiliary options. You're, those are the guys you're really worried about the matchups with. Uh, clearly, they're top-end talent you're playing. But Thielen, I would be trying to avoid. Call him a back-end wide receiver three. Uh, Cody, would you rather play Judy slash Sutton or Adam Thielen in this one? I would go Judy slash <clears> – <throat> excuse me. I would go Judy or Sutton over Thielen this week. Same here. And then uh, Kareem Hunt or Adam Thielen. Kareem Hunt I would definitely, Yeah, definitely Kareem Hunt, probably two tiers above where I'd have Adam Thielen. Yeah, we'll try to work some more Thielen into this. Uh, I feel like he's kind of a he's probably a lineup decision for a lot of people. We'll try Absolutely. to work more in as we move on here, but yeah, he's he's in a, he's a lo- lower tier than he would be normally. I'd say probably by one uh, one threshold. But yep. T.J. Hawkinson, he's still a starting tight end. I'd probably play him over uh, the guy we just talked about, Greg Dulcich, just because of his track record and his involvement in the uh, previous week against Washington. Um, but again, this is just somebody you're probably going to manage expectations on. Buffalo is very, very good against tight ends, and um, it's there's a potential for a dud week here. But just with his track record and the way they involved him in this first week in town, I would be okay starting him. Yep, absolutely. On the Buffalo side, again, uh, we think it's going to be Case Keenum. If Allen starts, I cannot imagine sitting him. Maybe if you picked up a Justin Fields and you want to go that route just because you're not sure if Allen will finish the game with his injury, I I could understand that. But uh, pivoting any lower than that would just be counterintuitive. He's too good. Uh, But again, I think we're going to go the rest of the way here, assuming it's Keenum, because I really believe it will be. I think he's more of a 2QB option if – 
if he is the starter, I don't mind him there. And, you know, the revenge narrative against Minnesota is pretty fun too, especially because he has Stephon Diggs to throw to, which I think is hilarious. Um, uh, the, the running backs, Devin Singletary, I think is a pretty interesting case here. I actually like him more if Keenum is the starter. I think they will lean more on the run game, might run some more traditional under center type looks that they really don't do with Josh Allen. Uh, and again, I think, uh, they will just kind of lean on Singletary slightly more if, uh, if it's Keenum as opposed to Josh and maybe even a slightly more on Singletary if it is, uh, if it is Josh Allen trying to protect him, I wouldn't expect them to be any designed runs like they usually have if, uh, if Josh Allen's in there. Uh, how do you feel about Devin Singletary? I'd call him a back end RB two this week. Yep. I think that's a good spot for him for sure. Um, and yeah, you're right. Case Keenum is not going to be running, you know, there's not going to be designed runs for Case Keenum in this offense like Josh Allen gets. So Devin Singletary should see a little bit of an uptick in work, um, which is good because if we should see a good Devin Singletary game this game if Case Keenum is the starter. And if we start to see, you know, um, Hines worked in more or James Cook worked in more, then the red flags for Singletary can kind of start popping up as well. So this is kind of just a good get right game for Singletary or maybe just a red flag game if he isn't as involved as we're kind of projecting. Yeah, I would say definitely a, a good call there on the red flag game. If he, you know, if it's Keenum and he gets another, you know, 13 carries with a catch or two and it's just all empty numbers, we're, we're going to be pretty concerned about Singletary. Yep. Uh, the wide receivers, again, this is sort of dependent on if Allen is in. Uh, Diggs are starting either way. Obviously, him and Keenum have their rapport from their uh, Minnesota days, and I think uh, Diggs is just too good to sit no matter what. Uh, he should be fine with Keenum, and again, I just love this revenge narrative. I, I feel like there's just an, there's no less than a ninety percent chance Stephon Diggs scores a touchdown against the Vikings this Sunday. It just has to happen. Uh, Gabe Davis is the one uh, that we are worried about. If it's Keenum, uh, I think you know you have a four or five target type of guy here in Gabe Davis. His one of his main appeals is that. Josh Allen can drop back, throw the ball 70 yards, and he can run under it uh, on any given play, but that's not going to happen with Keenum. I think he's more of a back-end wide receiver three. Would you be playing Davis or the uh, the Broncos guys? Uh, I think I would go the Broncos guys over Davis if uh, Case Keenum plays. That one's kind of tough for me, though, because I think Gabe Davis, even though his, his explosiveness, explosiveness comes with um, Allen kind of chucking the ball downfield. I think he can still, you know, get behind the defense enough for Keenum to be able to hit him. But as much as dependent as he is on a big play with Allen, I think he's going to be even more so with Case Keenum. Whereas the Denver guys coming off of a bye, I just kind of have a hope that maybe they are uh, their offense is going to get a little bit be rejuvenated off the bye and hopefully kind of get that momentum going in the right direction. Gabe Davis or Adam Thielen. I would then go Gabe Davis there. I think it's very similar, and I like uh, I like Case Keenum. Like you said, the revenge narrative of Case Keenum going up against the Vikings than I do the Vikings going against the Buffalo defense. Yeah, that's fair enough. I think I would pivot to Davis as well. He does have quite a bit more upside than Thielen, uh, especially in this game. Dawson Knox, lower-tier streaming option with Allen and I think completely off the radar with Keenum. Uh, so, again, we're most likely not looking his way. Uh, there's basically every other guy we've talked about so far I'd play over him. Uh, anything to add on Knox, or can we move on to Detroit and Chicago? Nope, let's go ahead and move on. 
Lions at Bears. Chicago favored by three points at home over under a nice 48 and a half points. Again, too low. That may come into play on our best bet stock. We'll see. Uh, on the Detroit side of things, we've already talked about Jared Goff once before this episode. I do not mind a stream here. I'm playing him over Cousins, Derek Carr. I'm playing him over Trevor Lawrence, who we previously mentioned. I was hesitant to include Garoppolo in this group when I originally made this list because I thought they were pretty close to me. Uh, I think Goff and Garoppolo uh, are pretty – they're interesting streaming like comparisons, especially this week. I feel like they offer completely opposite things, whereas I feel like Jared Goff could have a 303 type of week and could have 150 and 0 type of week that he is prone to. And I feel like Jimmy Garoppolo is pretty much good for 202 this week. Uh, so which one would you be going with if you were choosing? I would definitely go Jared Goff over Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, I, I know the Chargers defense has been bad uh, statistically this year, but they do have playmakers over there. Uh, Jimmy G does like to throw the ball a little bit into trouble, so he may have a couple of uh, you know picks on his um, box score at the end of the day. Where you know Chicago, you know they traded away their two best defensive players. This should be a defense that even a quarterback like Jared Goff should be able to throw all over so I, I just like golf in this it, I will say I have not looked at the weather in Chicago if it's at all bad weather I would pivot off of golf just because he is not a good bad weather quarterback you took the words out of my mouth Cody I was actually just doing a little meteorology uh investigation here it looks like sunny skies on Sunday uh this is gonna this is gonna be a little bit colder but doesn't look like a ton of wind or rain or snow, so he should be good. I think that that's uh, as about as good as we could hope for as for and uh, for Chicago in November. Yep. Um, the running backs we like here as well. Uh, DeAndre Swift is the one that we're a bigger question on. I think Jamal Williams is probably in your lineup. He's a solid RB two play uh, with this scoring environment. I uh, I don't really know what to do with DeAndre Swift. I luckily don't have him in any league, so I haven't had to deal with this headache so far this year, but. Uh, if you have Swift, I, I really do like this high-scoring environment. I want a piece of it, but uh, this is just a really tough one because of how low his floor is. Uh, they, they have said they want to get him more involved. I think he's you know he hasn't seen any setbacks in his injury, but just who knows how they're going to do that. Would you start DeAndre Swift or Najee Harris against, uh, I believe, the New Orleans Saints at home? That's awesome that you asked me this because I have the same question whenever I went on the Pittsburgh side of it later on in the show. <laughs> nice. So um, I think I would have to go – okay, so I actually I remember the note that I made on this one. It, this one is very matchup dependent for me. Najee's going to get the workload and should at least have somewhat of a floor, whereas Swift, you know, he should be slowly getting worked back in, but the terminology coming out of Detroit isn't very – promising so if I just I need some guaranteed points for sure I'm gonna go Najee if I am at a you know 50-50 with the guy I'm playing or maybe a 45-55 on the projections I'm gonna go Swift um, and hope that his PPR upside can kind of shine through in a potential high scoring game I do think Swift is the guy that they want to be their main their main back in Detroit it's just about getting him worked back you saw you know not only two carries, but he was involved in the passing game. I kind of see a similar role this week, but just a little bit more involved in the running. So higher upside, I think, is Swift. But if you just need points to, you know, you're projected to win by a lot, then I'd probably throw Najee in there. But I like Swift a lot more rest of season, if you're if I have to answer that question. Interesting. Okay. I, uh, I, I really hope he can get back to being a 15 to 20 touch guy. I just don't know if we're going to see it this year. It's just... 
Yeah, the way they've been talking about how they want to use him moving forward yeah. has been concerning. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he is an electric player, and you'd see, you'd have to think that even if he's only getting ten to fifteen touches every week, he's gonna he's gonna break one sooner or later. Could easily be in this game against Chicago. They have been pretty much bad at defending every position the past six weeks, which is the the, met, the metric we usually like to look at for defenses. Yeah, um, Swift. Ross. Sorry, yeah, I know Swift was tackled on the one yard line on a quick little like swing pass to him. He so was. I mean he was close to getting in the end zone last week, and then you feel a little bit better about playing him, even though his workload was low, because again, that big explosiveness getting into the end zone, I mean those six points are pretty valuable in fantasy. So if he gets in there on that play, I feel like it's a little bit of a different discussion. That's where I kind of have a little bit more optimism on the Swift side. And like I said, I just see him getting worked in a little bit more. Yeah, I think I would go Swift. I just really like the potential for this game to shoot out similarly to how the uh, the Dolphins and Bears game did last week. Amonra St. Brown is the other option in the Detroit offense. It's pretty much him and everybody else as far as the patch catchers go. So he's a solid wide receiver two play. Might even work himself into low-end wide receiver one territory if he can start cashing in on all his targets, which... You know, he was doing earlier this year. So wide receivers have a little bit of an ebb and flow most of the time. I think St. Brown will be just fine and has a pretty good chance to, to boom for you this week in a matchup with a lot of points, we would hope. Yes, yeah, a great uh, chance for a boom week for sure. Yeah, maybe worth a look in DFS as well. Not sure what his price is, but I can't imagine. I have to imagine he's a little undervalued right now. <clears throat> on the Chicago side, more of the same. Uh, as we were just talking about on the Detroit side, Justin Fields, he's a top five option. Uh, my only worry with Fields is his passing volume is always, you know, going to be 20, 25 throws. He's not going to throw for 200 plus yards a lot of the time. So if he doesn't get those rushing touchdowns and or passing touchdowns, his day could be a little tough. Uh, but you have to throw him in there right now. Uh, he's just looked too good. And again, we were hoping this game is similar to that Dolphins game last week because it profiles pretty similarly. Um and the running backs are the, the bigger question here from an actual fantasy, is he in your lineup type of question. Uh, David Montgomery, I think, is. This matchup is just too juicy for me to ignore. He's not very inspiring on the ground, but if he's going to get all the work against a bad team, you have to throw him in there. He's uh, in the back end of RB2s for me. Uh, I didn't know we were going to be so high on Swift, or at least uh, as comfortable with Swift as we were. So I think, I guess, we'll start with that question. Would you go uh, DeAndre Swift or David Montgomery? I would definitely go David Montgomery um, in that situation. Just the the soft matchup. I I am excited for Swift this week. I'm still a little bit hesitant, um, but rest of season I'm excited. This week though, I'd still go David Montgomery and just take that guaranteed workload against a bad defense. Khalil Herbert, his running mate, we saw his downside, unfortunately, last week, a game where they scored 32 points. Obviously, Justin Fields kind of took over from the rushing side, but uh, Khalil Herbert only ends with seven carries for 23 yards, so he really needs to hit the big one to be worth playing. This is, if you were going to play him in a matchup, this is probably the one, but I'm still probably probably looking another way uh, in this range. I don't know how you feel about Herbert this week, but uh, I have a few guys I want you to compare him to. So we're going to go, would you start Khalil Herbert or anyone from Denver or Kansas City's backfield? Yeah, this is a nasty question here. Um, I the Denver backfield I can't do just because they're coming off a bye with an added running back in Chase Edmonds, and he may yep. be the best one there. So he may end up just taking over that backfield and – um, and we just don't know yet. So I, I can't start anybody from Denver. 
And honestly, I almost feel the same way about Kansas City. I know their their matchup's not as bad this week against Jacksonville, but as a Kansas City fan, last week left me completely perplexed on the running back situation. Um, again, if I had to roster one, it would be Pacheco, just because I think if they get on the goal line, he'd be the one they give it to. But I don't even have confidence in – if they get on the goal line, I have more confidence in Travis Kelsey running the football in than I do their running back. So – I'm going to go Herbert against the soft matchup over either KC or Denver running back situation. But if this is mine and I'm in a PPR league, I'm going to go look for a Mac Collins on the waiver wire, maybe another right. you know lower end wide receiver to try and get some PPR value. Cause really all five or six of these guys should probably be, um, you know, just stash candidates still at this point. So a couple of waiver wire guys that uh, I saw on various uh, wires this week that I was I would maybe consider if this was my uh, my dilemma as well. Let's go Donovan Peoples Jones and Zay Jones. Uh, Donovan Peoples Jones playing the Dolphins. Zay Jones playing your Kansas City Chiefs. Yep, I I would definitely put Zay Jones in there. Um, the Chiefs are you know I think it's a nine and a half point spread. So I like um, you know they're gonna have the fact that Jacksonville should be having to throw the football. At least that's the way we're gonna expect it. Um, and then Donovan Peoples-Jones, I don't mind. Um, I do. I would probably still play him over Khalil Herbert, but those two would be very similar to me. My only issue is David Njoku might come back this week, and I think that uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones' targets may have just been a result of Njoku not being out on the field. Yeah, that's a good call. Uh, I saw that Njoku has not practiced yet, but he did say earlier okay. this week that he'd be back, so... Might be a 50-50 call at this point. Maybe you want to keep an eye, eye on that if you're considering DPJ. We'll get to that later. But if you're uh, in Darno, PPR, oh no, go I'm ahead. sorry. If you're in PPR, I would go with the wide receiver over the running back in Herbert. But if you're 100%. in nine, I'd probably still go Herbert in that situation. Yeah, he's likely to catch zero passes most For weeks sure. with Montgomery <laughs> in the lineup. Uh, yeah, like I said, going to need to hit the big one on the ground. Uh, Darnell Mooney in the passing game has been pretty solid the past few weeks. His, uh, his target volume has been there. I think we just need to pump the brakes a little bit on Mooney's value. I've seen some sites ranking him top 20, 25. I think that's a little premature. The problem here is Chicago's passing volume in general. Uh, even in games that the, the offense does well and they look good, they're only going to throw the ball you know, 24, 25 times a game. And uh, guys in those offenses are just always going to be inconsistent. We've seen it with uh, you know the Drake Londons of the world. We've seen it with uh, the Amari Coopers of the world. He'd probably be the high-end example of what you'd want Darnell Mooney to be. But uh, he's another wide receiver three option for me. Uh, I, I, Well, I'll just ask these questions anyway. I think, we are, I, think I know where we're going to go based on how this has uh, gone so far. But uh, Darnell Mooney or Gabe Davis? Uh, this week, I'm going to go Mooney in the matchup. Rest of, season, rest of season, I do like Davis a little bit more, though. Yeah, agreed on both points. Mooney or a Denver wide receiver? Uh, I think this week I'm going to take the soft matchup and go Mooney. But, again, rest of season, I may probably still leaning the Denver wide receivers. But if Russ comes out and looks bad again this week, then I'm probably fully on the side of Mooney. Fair enough. Uh, Mooney or DeAndre Swift in the same game? Uh, this week I have to go Mooney. I still expect Swift to be the the second guy in the Detroit backfield, and Mooney should be the first pass catching option in this offense. So I'm still going to slightly lean Mooney there. But if you win Swift, I, I wouldn't blame you. I feel like they're kind of boom bust in a similar category, but I think Mooney is going to be just slightly more involved. 
Fair enough. I think they are in a pretty similar category. I like that point at the end, uh, but uh, Mooney's Mooney's recent track record has got to give you a little bit more confidence. Yeah, uh, Justin Cole Fields, Komet, recent track record. Yeah, I mean, oh, throwing the football yeah, a little looked, bit more accurately. Great. Gotta like it. Yep. Right. Yeah, if, they, if they'd let him do it more, I'm sure he'd be better, but he, he doesn't have to when he can just <laughs> run it. Um, <laughs> Cole Komet's the other guy in the, the passing game that we were high on coming into the year that has finally reemerged as an actual option for us. Uh, he's in the streaming tier still, we talked about it earlier, kind of a touchdown or bust tight end with this low passing volume. He's really uh, looking at you know, getting in there in the red zone, but that is kind of where Justin Fields looks for him. So I uh, don't mind him, especially in this scoring environment. You'd hope he'd have some opportunities for touchdowns. Would you start uh, Cole Komet or Robert Tunyon against Dallas? I would start Cole Komet this week. I just like the matchup a lot, and I am starting him this week in our mini, in our mini dynasty league. So that is... A uh, true That's, attestation. I was going to say, yeah, the endorsement of all endorsements right there is uh, yep. putting your money where your mouth is. Uh, Cole Komet or Taysom Hill against the Steelers? Uh, this one's uh, this one's kind of stinky. I, I would just, I guess I'd go Hill um, just with the potential of, you know, his upside is much higher, but... You know, at the same time, if if I'm just needing maybe you know a, a few points for my tight end possession, I may just go go commit. If I already have one of these guys, I'm not going to go make a waiver claim or a fab claim to go pick up the other. I feel like they're both very similar, uh, but Hill probably has the higher upside overall for sure. I agree that they're similar, but I think if I'm in any sort of PPR set, setting, I'll go commit. Uh, like okay. you, like your earlier point was made. I think uh, you know you're going to get four or five catches here, or at least targets at the worst. And we saw Taysom Hill's downside last week. I think he yeah. ended up with you know one and half a half total point. points. Yeah. Right? Or yeah, it was it was very bad because once when he does not get those you know long rushes and or rushing touchdowns, he's going to completely zero for you. He doesn't really catch the ball yeah. at all. Uh, Jacksonville at Kansas City is our next game here. Uh, Cody alluded it to alluded to it earlier. Kansas City's favored by nine and a half at home. I am a little surprised that line isn't bigger. I think Vegas might have gotten a little scared off by their giant line against the Titans not paying off. Uh, again, shout out to Cody for calling that one. But over under fifty and a half in this game, we like that quite a bit. That leaves uh, a decent amount of points uh, for the Jacksonville side here. Around 21 implied points is, uh, you know, going to get it done for some of the fantasy options, we would hope. Trevor Lawrence, I don't mind streaming him. I do think he does have kind of a low floor in this one. I could kind of see just this a rookie going, or not a rookie, but a, a second-year young guy going into uh, to Arrowhead and just kind of having a complete dud game, uh, especially if the, the Chiefs get up early on him and they can just, you know, pin their ears back and get after him. But... Uh, you got you got to like the great the game script. The Chiefs' defense has not looked that great, uh, especially the past few weeks. So uh, I think Trevor Lawrence is definitely streamable. Uh, would you start him or Jared Goff, who we talked about earlier? Uh, I think I have to go Jared Goff just based on the matchup. I again, as long as the weather's good in Chicago, I think Jared Goff may have a you know top five quarterback weekend on throwing against that defense so I have to go him and, and like you said the fears with Trevor Lawrence is there's a chance Kansas City gets up by 14 20 points in the you know beginning of the second quarter and then they're just pass rush just dominates the rest of the game from there so that is a that is a potential there I don't see that much of a potential in the Chicago Detroit matchup yeah, fair enough. I think golf is probably safer, and that's kind of saying something. So that should speak to our overall confidence in Lawrence as an NFL quarterback. But Lawrence or Kirk Cousins against the Bills? I would go Lawrence in that situation. 
Okay, fair enough. I think we found a decent line there with Trevor. Um, yeah. Travis Etienne, he's in your lineup no matter what. He should be involved either way. I kind of, I, I'm curious to see a game where Jacksonville goes down big early and doesn't immediately come back like they did against Vegas. See if Etienne is heavily featured in the passing game. We really haven't seen it yet, but he's he's lived off of 25 carries a game. If he continues getting those, he'll be fine. Yep. Um, the wide receivers in this one are both interesting as well. I think Kirk's definitely in your lineup. He's a wide receiver too. Uh, especially with, again, the game script we've already discussed here. Zay Jones, interesting play. Uh, I am definitely considering him in one of my leagues, asking for a friend that had to make this waiver-wire decision earlier and stuck with Zay Jones. Would you go with him or Donovan Peoples-Jones of the Cleveland Browns? Yeah, again, I'm just on the side that thinks that once Njoku comes back, DPJ's value kind of goes back to where it was to start the season. So, um, Let's say no Njoku. No Njoku, then yeah, I'd probably go Donovan Peoples-Jones um, just based on his recent production. Um, and so this is, I have a little bit of a different feeling about this game. I was listening to a betting podcast earlier in the week, and they gave a really good stat, and I can't remember it fully, and I don't want to butcher it. But basically when the Chiefs are favored by more than a touchdown, they almost never cover that. So I hate to say that as a Chiefs fan, but we do have a lot of these big spreads and we usually don't cover them all the way. So um, it's not one of my best bets, but I do like Jacksonville plus the points again this week because um, Kansas City has not necessarily been able to uh, you know, cover these big spreads. And I think that Jacksonville is going to be in it a little bit more. Um, so I actually like ETN quite a bit. I like Kirk quite a bit. And I think Zay Jones is going to be pretty involved as well. Um, I don't think this is going to be a, you know, a 30-something to, you know, single-digit blowout where they're just having to heave the ball downfield constantly. I think it's going to be a good game. And I think Zay Jones is just a good, uh, a good offensive weapon in this offense in general. So boom bust for sure. There's definitely a chance he goes out there and does. But I would like his prospects more than uh, – Donovan Peoples-Jones. Fair enough. Uh, I if I hear it from a Chiefs fan, I'll believe it. Um, you're you're kind of. I feel like you're right though. They do sort of play down to lower competition sometimes, especially. But at they home. win. Um, That's what they the still Chiefs win always the game, yeah. do. Is they will play down to competition, but they'll always get the win, so people don't catch on to it as much. That was kind of the point the guy was making on the podcast. Interesting. Hmm. Unless it's the AFC Championship, then they don't. But Evan Ingram is the other option here in Jacksonville. I think I'd call him a streaming option. And in this environment, uh, I am okay playing him. I think he was cleared for uh, action this week, so he's going to play. I know he had an injury situation, but I would probably put him below the Greg Dulcich's of the world, and then I'd probably put him above the, uh, the, the touchdown or bus guys we've already talked about. Yeah, he's probably the guy that's right above those touchdown or bus guys. Um, yeah. Don't mind him, but... Um, he does have I a guess, low floor. He does have a low floor. I know he also left last week with injury. I haven't seen anything on him. Is he cleared? Do you know to play? He's good, yeah. He is mm-hmm. good? Okay, yeah, he's a streaming yeah. option then. If, you, if, if you're if you in a 12-team league and you know, you're know you starting a, a lower-end option and he's out there, I'd go take a look and pick him up. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, he is not the worst tight end you could start, but he does. He, he is Evan Ingram, so he always has a, a chance to dud for you. Yep, two and drops. And on the Kansas, guaranteed. yeah, 100%. On the Kansas City side, this was going to be a pretty quick one. Uh, it's pretty much Mahomes and Kelsey, and then you're guessing week to week. 
Uh, Juju is a good play right now, I think, with the way things are going. But there have been a couple injuries that have made these guys a little more interesting for me, uh, especially in the backfield. We'll start there. If uh, this Jarek McKinnon injury uh, ends up playing out where he does not suit up this weekend, are you any more interested in starting Clyde and Isaiah Pacheco, or are you still just not trying to get involved in this messiness? You know, McKinnon just really wasn't as involved over the past couple weeks in general already. So if he does sit out, I mean, there's going to be more opportunity for these two guys. But, um, yeah, I mean, if you're going to go with what Vegas thinks the game trip's going to be and the Chiefs are going to be up by roughly 10, then I would I would flex Pacheco because they should be trying to run the ball and he is their actual running back. So... I think that might be a fine play, but if it's going to be a pretty even game script and you know, kind of a little bit back and forth, um, I'm probably looking to stay away from both because they really have to get into the end zone to bring you any value. So they're kind of right there with, I mean, I kind of have them very similar to the Denver running backs right now. It's just, we saw the chiefs play last week and it made me even feel worse about their situation there. Yeah, I don't know if it's Patrick Mahomes as a quarterback or just the Andy Reid system that he has uh, as it currently stands in Kansas City, but they just do not throw the ball to their running backs very much. It's really never part of a design. Like They just don't throw screens very much. They're always trying to get Mahomes to make a play down the field, and I don't really blame them with the way that he is able to manipulate the pocket and, again, do so with his elite arm strength and uh, accuracy. So doesn't seem like they're, they can be just kind of phased out of the game, like you said, uh, even regardless of it being two instead of three guys. So I'd probably be staying away as well. Just thought I'd get that uh, opinion there. Maybe one less mouth to feed gives us some more clarity, but uh, it's just part of their offense is, uh, you know, it's going to be all Patrick Mahomes sometimes, especially yep. if they go down. The wide receiver room has a similar situation here with Nicole Hardman. We don't think he's going to play right now. He has not practiced at all this week. Uh, so... With that being the case, I think Smith-Schuster is now a solid play. I'd call him a, you know, a, maybe even a strong wide receiver too, whereas before he was probably closer to a, a 2-3. But he's in your lineup at this point. And then Kadarius Toney is the other guy we're looking at. Uh, would you consider a redraft play on him, or is this pretty much just like a DFS dart throw with McColl out? I think I still have to keep it as a DFS dart throw, um, especially because the main guy, Travis Kelsey, is still going to be there. So it'll be nice. You know, McColl's targets are going to open up. But, um, you know, I it would, it would be really – like it's a good story if you start Tony this week and he has like a really big game and kind of has like a coming out party with the Chiefs. But if you start Tony this week and he's as involved as he was last week, everyone's going to look at you and be like, why did you play him? Like it really like there wasn't that much that led you to believe that Tony was going to have a breakout week. So I, even though McCall Hardman may miss, I think I'm, you know, in a DFS dart throw, I understand, but in a full DFS league, unless you're just in a, you know, a, a bind and you just don't have anyone or, you know, I just, I don't know. I, I don't get that much validation out of calling my shot the first week a player breaks out because it's 99% luck that you call it on that week. So me in this situation, if McColl's out, it's Juju, and then the rest of them, um, you know, uh, Tony becomes a DFS play. If McColl does play, I mean, he's still flexible because he has been involved in the offense quite a bit, but um, I think McColl's status really just affects how much we like Juju this week. Fair enough. Uh, I was just kind of getting a KC temp, a KC fans temp on the Tony situation. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would definitely want to see it first before I'm putting him in the I lineup also, uh, if I can. If you did not uh, listen to the Buy Sell podcast and Thursday Night Football preview podcast we released on Thursday, Nick listed Juju as one of his uh, sell candidates. 
And if McColl misses and Juju has another big game, I know three in a row makes it even harder to sell him, but that's the time that you could probably get way more value than Juju's worth, especially to someone in your league that maybe isn't as on top of the injury report. So just want to throw that out there. If you didn't listen to that one, but you're listening to this one, sell Juju if he has a third big week. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely on board with that. Uh, Kelsey, we are starting, uh, obviously, in any situation. Cleveland at Miami, our next game. Uh, Miami favored by 3.5. Another juicy over-under here. It's 49.5. Uh, I am surprised Miami's only favored by 3.5. Once again, may come into play on the Best Bets pod, but... Cleveland, uh, Jacoby Brissett, another revenge game here uh, for the quarterback. He's a QB2 play. I think I'd probably play him over a guy like Aaron Rodgers against Dallas this week. Slightly controversial, possibly. But, uh, again, just a Q, two QB league consideration with the high over-under. Uh, what, what would you do in that situation? Uh, between him and Rodgers, I... I don't mind Brissett. It's a good matchup. Um, and you know Kareem Hunt's going to get back to being more involved. So he may actually dump one off to Kareem who runs one in for a touchdown. So I don't mind Brissett. I'm I'm personally just out on Rodgers after last, week, last week's performance. Yeah. How can he not be? Right. Uh, the running backs are both good plays in this one. Chubb is obviously in your lineup. Kareem Hunt is the one you might have a couple more questions about. But I think you can play him. Uh, would you rather play Kareem Hunt or Antonio Gibson on Monday night against the Eagles? Ooh, Damian Pierce had a good game against the Eagles, but I think that's more of a um, a props to him as opposed to thinking they could get run on without uh, Jordan Davis being there. I'm going to go hunt over Antonio Gibson, um, but just slightly there. Antonio Gibson, we'll talk about him in a little bit. I'm, I'm pretty excited for him this week in general. And then Kareem Hunt or Rondale Moore. I got to go Kareem Hunt there. The The Kyler Murray situation has me scared. If he doesn't play, I don't think Rondale Moore is a, a really good fantasy player at all. Yeah, that's fair. I would the, the it's just it's tough because I would like Rondell Moore a lot more if Murray was going to be forced to dump it off quickly without you know maybe having a compromised hamstring. But yeah, could be you'd an have interesting to play. Call that shot. Um, yeah, it's right. just a that's twelve o'clock game, so you'd have to call yeah. your shot on that one before uh, you know before Hunt kicks. Yeah, they're at so three o'clock, I believe. So yeah, yeah, that is that's a tough one. Probably got to go Hunt if you don't know. Uh, Amari Cooper and Donovan Peoples Jones are both options. Cooper's just in your lineup. He's a wide receiver too. We're hoping that he can reverse his uh, kind of ridiculous home road split he's got going on so far this year. Uh, Going to be shadowed by Xavier Howard, but that hasn't been quite as tough of a matchup this year so far. Has not played up to his uh, you know all pro status so far. Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones is the more interesting one. He's an option. He's been solid so far. Let's just go ahead and say Njoku sits. We'll say if Njoku plays, you did, you just take Peoples-Jones out. But would you play uh, Peoples-Jones or Adam Thielen against the uh, Minnesota, or excuse me, against the Buffalo Bills? Yep. So with Njoku sitting, I like Donovan Peoples-Jones over Thielen. But again, if Joku come, Njoku comes in, then Thielen over DPJ. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I think that should speak to how or where we are at Adam Thielen. It's this just a week. tough so, yeah. matchup against Buffalo. It I know is. their defense is a little banged up, but I just that defense is going to be reared up for this game, especially if Josh Allen sits because they don't want to lose their divisional lead over Miami if Miami were to beat Cleveland. So that defense is going to be reared up and fired up and trying to win that game for their quarterback who's on the sideline. So I, I think that that's just why I'm I'm really really hesitant on Thielen this week. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, I'm not excited to play him whatsoever. I think your best case scenario is like 50 or 60 yards and a score. So uh, yeah. not 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 entirely uh, enticing there with Adam Thielen. 
David Njoku, uh, he looks like he may sit another week. Uh, he said earlier this week that he was going to play, but uh, this is why we do not take up the players' opinions on their own injuries. A lot of the time they are you know, overly optimistic, as they probably should be, honestly. But uh, David Njoku, I think he's probably in your lineup if he plays. I do forget what the injury has the, has is, but he's been out for a while, so I feel like they would not put him out there if they thought there was re-injury risk. So I'm fine playing him if he's in there in this good matchup uh, in a game that should have a lot of points. I'd put him, you know, a, probably one spot above a TJ Hawkinson if he uh, if he goes. Yes, um, actually just got an update a couple minutes ago, and Joku has been ruled out for Sunday's game against the Dolphins. So thank you, Cody. For Donovan Peoples-Jones and Joku out. So if you were planning on rolling with him this weekend, got to make some other plans. Glad I could waste 30 seconds of everyone's yep, life <laughs> with that Njoku rant. No, it's all good. I appreciate the I was looking him up to uh, see if he, um, what his injury was after you said that, and then the first thing was Njoku is out. So <laughs> I was like, okay. Well, see, this is this is the, the positive side of doing a Friday uh, afternoon or Friday night podcast. We get a lot of injury updates that we can give the people. So yep. one silver lining there. On the uh, Miami side of things, it's a similar story to the Cleveland side. We want pieces in this game. Tua is a top five play at the QB position this week. Uh, he's almost certainly in your lineup. Uh, the running backs are really the only conversation to have here on this team. Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, we're starting. And then Mike Kosicki, we've uh, ad nauseum to him uh, in weeks before. It's pretty much the same situation. You're hoping for a touchdown. Uh, and I, we'd, We're hoping you have a better option. Uh, but the running backs... They are an interesting conversation. We saw Jeff Wilson take uh, basically 50% of the snaps from Raheem last week. He was a little bit more productive as well. Um, I think he can flex them both in this matchup. This is a solid, uh, solid matchup for uh, the running back side uh, against the Browns. The Browns did get up to play against the Bengals at home and really kind of took Joe Mixon out of the game pretty early, but... I don't know how much I'm putting into that. Uh, I'm looking more at their season-long totals. I think Mostert and Wilson will have room to run here. Uh, who do you like better out of the two? Uh, for this week, if I had both on my roster, um, I think I have to go with Jeff Wilson Jr. Like I said, I just I can't get it out of my mind that Chase Edmonds was there for the entire first half of the season and never – threatened Raheem Mostert's workload at all and Jeff Wilson gets brought right into a system he already knows and he's taken half the snaps and the passing game work so um just based off last week I don't see this fully going back to Mostert's way so if it's 50-50 and Wilson's getting the passing down work I mean he's the guy that you're going to want out of that backfield yeah that's but, the key right there is that passing but, down work got it I think it's I think it's still kind of a you know got to call your shot on that play a little bit but I, I can see that. Yeah, I, this is that's the way I think I see it going over. This is a really, really unique situation too, because we have uh, prior evidence that is pretty strong in my mind of this exact coaching staff coaching these two exact players only two years ago, and we know how it went. Jeff Wilson was the pass catcher on that team, so I don't see why it would play out any differently here, especially because of what we saw the first week they were together. So I would be starting Jeff Wilson as well, but I like Moser too. If you're going to get 10 to 12 carries against a poor rush defense on a good team, you know we saw it last week. He scored, and he's got a pretty good chance to do so again this week. I'd probably play him over all the Kansas City and Denver running backs. Uh, I... I'm a little uh, on the fence about that Kareem Hunt take, but I still think I would take uh, Raheem Mostert over Kareem Hunt as well. Uh, what do you think about that one? Yeah, that is that is tough. Um, 
I think I'm still going Raheem Mostert as well with you. Just, you know, there is still a chance that he gets a little bit more workload than we're expecting. So I'd still feel good about Mostert this week. But again, if it's similar to last week and Kareem Hunt gets more involvement, then I'd swing to Kareem Hunt rest of season for sure. Um, this week's kind of a, another one of those like red flag weeks for Mostert, in my opinion. Houston at New York uh, is my last game. I'm going to host for you. We're going to flip to Cody after this one. But uh, this game is probably the easiest one on the slate from a fantasy perspective. The Giants favored by four and a half at home over under 40 and a half. Cannot believe the Giants are only favored by four and a half at home. Um, a one and six one, a one six and one Houston team going on the road to a six and two team, and they're they're only four and a half point dogs. I just think that's pretty funny. But uh, Houston, we're pretty much only looking at one guy this week, and that's Damian Pierce. Um, remember that tagline because you may hear it again in about forty five seconds. Uh, but Brandon Cooks and Nico Collins are you know the only guys that we're looking at in the passing game. But with Cooks's recent um, I, I want to call it just his situation where he didn't get traded and he was upset and he missed a week because of it. And now he's back. I, I don't know what to expect. I'm holding him on my bench, but you know, I don't think he can play him this week. And then Nico Collins is just a little bit too far down the ladder of fantasy options for me to really consider. I'd probably play all of the lower level options we've already talked about. Um, that's pretty much all I have on Houston. Do you have anything to add on the Texans? Uh, nope, just want to give a shout-out to Nick real quick. Um, went out and someone dropped Brandon Cooks in our, you know, I'll just call it our version of, you know, just our big league that we're in together. And uh, Nick went out there and picked him up. So big shout-out to him. I don't know how I missed it, but I somehow scrolled right past uh, Brandon Cooks getting dropped because I think you picked was, him up for 8 I would have definitely paid more yeah. than $8. So bad miss on my part, but good pick up there because that's – if he comes back and, you know, like I said, he's been a very consistent wide receiver, too, um, when it comes to fantasy. So he may not finish as a wide receiver, two on the season, but there is a chance he comes back and down the stretch of the season from weeks, you know, 12 on, he plays at a wide receiver, two level, which for eight, $8 worth of fab, I think anybody would pay. So I, I just wanted to say I appreciate that pickup. That was a good move. Yeah, I think I just got lucky on that midweek uh, waiver wire guy. I, I, he kind of the, the guys that get dropped always get a little bit overlooked, so I didn't have to fight with everybody on the first run of waivers. I got a little lucky. I was surprised I was the only one who bid on Brandon Cooks. I am too. Um, but yeah, it's for future weeks, not this one. Uh, on the Giants side, I think Danny Dimes is uh, a bit of a streamer. But that's really the only other guy besides Saquon Barkley I'm even looking at in this game. We will have a few options to discuss for rest of season purposes, but uh, would you rather start uh, Kirk Cousins or Daniel Jones against the Texans at home? Um, Man. I think I'm going to have to go Kirk Cousins just because I could see Saquon just running all over Houston and just Danny Dimes not needing to be a huge part of this game. Um, but I, those two, I don't have, I didn't fully rank out everybody this week, but I'd imagine those two have to be neck and neck with each other. Um, I think Danny Dimes, if you want to play with a little bit more of a, you know, lower floor, but has a rushing upside, I don't mind that play, but um, I think it's a little risky this week because it should be an easy matchup that Saquon I think is going to dominate quite a bit. Yeah, there is a risk. I think, like you said, Daniel Jones has the lower floor. Uh, but with the rushing upside, I think I would go with Daniel Jones here. Just do not like uh, yeah, Kirk Cousins it. on the road against yeah. Buffalo. Um, 
Saquon Barkley, like I said, pretty much the only guy we're excited to start here. He's in your lineup. The wide receivers, we can uh, have a discussion about Slayton and Robinson real quick. I think Slayton is a very similar player to Nico Collins from a fantasy perspective. A little too far down the line here for me to really consider him. He's a dart throw, and he has a very low floor just because this whole Giants passing attack, like Cody said, might just not be necessary in this one. Uh, but do you have any interest in Wandale Robinson, be it this in this game or rest of season? Um, in this game, I'm not very excited for them. Um, just they, they are coming off the bye. Typically coming off byes, you see rookies get worked in a little bit more. So for that reason, I do like him rest of season. Um, I, I'm holding him in our mini dynasty league. So um, I think he does have some prospects. My only issue is, like, what is a guy's ultimate ceiling with Danny Dimes being his quarterback? Um, you know, don't want to don't want to crap on, you know, Danny Dimes too much there, but, like, Really, how much are we going to trust a guy who that, that that's his quarterback throwing the ball? Not very much. I think Wandale is a really nice flexible option, um, or he could turn into a very nice flexible option. But you know, I think outside of Saquon, all of these Giants really have a very low floor, and it all stems from the quarterback position. Yeah, that's fair enough. I would probably be in the same boat, worth a stash, but the upside is not quite there in this offense. Uh, Cody, you want to take it away with New Orleans and Pittsburgh? Yeah, absolutely. New Orleans at Pittsburgh. New Orleans are New Orleans is a one and a half point road favorite over under set just at forty uh, on the New Orleans side here. Andy Dalton, um, and I think Jameis is Andy Dalton the for sure starter this week. Have they announced that? Yes. Okay, yep. so with Andy Dalton, I think he is an option in Superflex Leagues. Not my favorite option, but he does tend to perform better in under-the-radar games. Uh, not quite, you know, kind of similar to Kirk Cousins, you know, 12 o'clock games on a Sunday afternoon. He can play pretty well, but put him under the bright lights and he kind of shrinks. Uh, running back, Alvin Kamara, you're starting him. Wide receiver, Chris Olave, you're starting him. Um, I do want to throw it to Nick here. Um, do you have any confidence in Jarvis Landry this week or rest of season, or are you kind of just leaving it at a lave or bust? Yeah, I think I'm leaving it at a lave or bust. I think Landry, if you're in a, a really deep league, uh, 12, 14 teams, and you're really hurting at wide receiver and you have a full PPR situation, okay, maybe you can stash Landry, hope he, you know, becomes somewhat relevant but just not a ton of upside here and like you said Olave has really emerged here so he's going to be the the clear two yeah we can probably quit talking about Landry until he actually does something I just wanted to make sure that we were on the same page with him um and then Taysom Hill um he's definitely a streamable tight end option he is coming off of a game where um in one of my leagues he scored half a point so maybe a little more a little less depending on scoring format um, not my favorite guy to rely on, but he does have, you know, ultimately high ceiling, ultimately low floor. And at the tight end position, sometimes you'll just take those potentials at big games. So don't mind them. Um, I think we kind of, we kind of established our Taysom, Taysom Hill line earlier. So uh, do you have anything yeah. else to add about New Orleans? Nope. We can move on. Sweet. Pittsburgh quarterback, Kenny Pickett. Um, the matchup isn't as bad as you know we would have thought probably coming into the season, but I'm probably still not going to try and rely on Kenny Pickett, um, even in a 2 key no. situation. The running back uh, discussion here is interesting. Uh, we did discuss them quite a bit in our Thursday night preview show. Uh, for me, Jalen Warren is, is definitely a stash candidate, but I think he is just that at this point. Um, and, you know, if you are going to be starting one of these running backs, it's obviously going to be Najee Harris. But we're going to play a little fun game of Najee or. And uh, first name here, or first duo here, would you play Najee or Mostert or Jeff Wilson? 
Give me both the Miami guys over Najee. All right. I think this is going to be a pretty easy list then. Najee or James Conner? James Conner. And then I know we talked about this. I don't remember if you agreed or disagreed with me. Najee or DeAndre Swift? Uh, this, I would go DeAndre Swift. Um, I think in non-PPR, this is a tougher choice, uh, but I'd still probably go DeAndre Swift just for the upside. I, I do think that the – see, the problem with Najee this week is that he has a pretty low floor as well as his, you know, relatively like capped ceiling. Whereas DeAndre Swift has the low floor and the high ceiling. But with the Jalen Warren talk, we don't know if, uh, you know, Najee's going to lose a significant amount of work. If he does, it could be pretty big trouble for his value. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with you. I do think Najee, DeAndre Swift, if you're in that situation, it's a little situational there. But, um, right. Yeah. It kind of just depends on your matchup. Man. Um, yeah. I'd be tearing my hair out no matter how that. What ended up going? Yeah, just, that's such be, a tough decision. Yeah, those two should. You know, you go back just three or four months ago. Those two were both smash plays to start the season. Oh, you would never God. even yeah, question that, it. That could easily be the one-two turn. Like you know, if you're one-two oh, yeah. turn, that's these why two guys are there. there. Yeah. Yep. Oh man, you could easily have both these guys. I just sorry to all those fantasy <laughs> managers out there. Your year is probably not going very well so far. Also, we do we we will be recording you know in during the draft season, and we were low on both Najee and DeAndre Swift according uh, per their a- ADP. So I'd say that that's you know two W's for us on I'll self plug their codes. Absolutely, <laughs> All right, wide receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers, we got Deontay Johnson, George Pickens. Um, I think both are startable, and you know the condensing of targets should start this week with Claypool being gone, and they were on by last week. Um, I have Johnson as a higher end wide receiver three, maybe bumps up to a, a low end wide receiver two in a PPR league. And then Pickens as a, you know, kind of mid tier wide receiver three flex play. I think the offense, the passing game is designed around Johnson, but Pickens is the more explosive player and athlete. So they kind of have, they both have their own, there's different players within the same offense. I think Johnson's more of a safer PPR option, whereas Pickens and you know half and non does have the more explosive upside. Yeah, I'm pretty excited uh, about these guys' prospects with no Claypool in the fold here. I mentioned it on our uh, Thursday night preview show when we did our trade valuations. We I mentioned picking up Deontay Johnson, and I kind of gave the same endorsement to George Pickens. I, I think there's a pretty good chance these guys are much better down the stretch here with the easier matchups uh, than they've had the past few weeks. And it starts here. The Saints are not very scary. They're at home. Uh, again, this is a a situation where you might want to check the weather before the game starts. Pittsburgh's always a little dicey, but as long as that's okay, then I think they should be just fine, and they're going to get a lot of looks, both of them. Yeah, and then last but not least, uh, Pat Fryermuth. Also, you know, the condensing of targets should affect him a little bit, whether that's another target or three a game for him. Uh, should be, you know, streamed each week for, you know, streamed to start it each week for sure. So I, I think he's in this week against New Orleans. Dulcich or Fryermuth? Um, I think I have to go Dulcich uh, just because he has been premiered kind of in this offense over their two wide receiver options. Um, and I don't know. I might end up hating, hating that I say this after this week, but I'm still going to trust Russell Wilson for one more week over Kenny Pickett. So I just, I just like Dulcich's um, workload with the, you know, opportunity with a potentially better quarterback. 
So our Pat Fryermuth, Pat Fryermuth line, I agree, by the way, with the Dulcich call. Uh, I would say he is above Evan Ingram, above all of the touchdown or bust guys, but below the rest of the starters we've talked about, TJ Hawkinson, Greg Dulcich, For and sure. uh, David Njoku if he plays. Yeah. Um, all right, and then let's go to Indianapolis, or yeah, Indianapolis at Las Vegas. The Raiders are favored by four and a half. That line actually came down just a little bit. It was closer to six earlier in the week. Over under 41. I actually like Las Vegas minus four and a half a lot more. When it was six, I was a little scared off of it um, just because this defense is so bad. But I don't know, four and a half just looks better in my mind, I guess. Um, we'll start on the Indianapolis side. I think this is going to be a pretty easy conversation. Certainly. Quarterback Sam Ellinger, no way, Jose. Uh, running back Jonathan Taylor, Taylor multiple <laughs> healthy practices. Uh, he is the only guy in this offense that could probably overcome Sam Ellinger on his own. So he's a, he's definitely in your lineups. Um, obviously the 101. So the chances of you having running back, you know, two to three that you're starting over him are very slim. Um, and then I'll knock it out here. Wide receiver Michael Pittman. Um, this is a really good matchup against Las Vegas. So if you want to trust Pittman this week, I definitely understand it. But long term wise this guy did not uh you know get onto our our buy sell episode but i would be trying to get a startable asset for Pittman if i could um they seem to be locked and loaded with sam ellinger and that just really scares me off his prospects rest of season uh, but particularly this week nick would you go michael Pittman or the pittsburgh wide receivers pittsburgh wide receivers uh that one's not particularly close would you go uh i'm trying to go a little bit farther down the line here would you go or do you disagree with that or do you think you i don't disagree i don't disagree with it but i thought those like those three in my mind are very similar so i'm curious how far down the list you go let's see um well let's just go with this one first adam thielen or michael Pittman. and i'm still leaning michael Pittman on that one um let's see rondell moore or michael Pittman. Um, so this, I get, well, is Indianapolis, Las Vegas, is that in the three o'clock window? It should, that be, should be in the three o'clock window. Yep. Okay. So this is, this is an interesting one. If Kyler's playing, but limited, I do like Rondale Moore a lot. Like Nick said, he's going to have to get passes out quick. Rondale Moore is the slot guy, stays around the line of scrimmage a lot. So I actually really like that if Kyler plays. Uh, if Kyler is labeled as out though, I would go Michael Pittman. Okay, good. I think that's a solid line. Uh, above Adam Thielen, below Rondell Moore. Yep, absolutely. Again, Adam Thielen, just a tough matchup. And Michael Pittman at least should have some plays designed for him, but who knows with you know their whole coaching situation. Uh, yeah, but, the matchup is great. It sucks. Yeah, yeah, this should be a smash, smash play, especially if um, Matt Ryan was the quarterback. Michael Pittman would oh, probably yeah. have a boom game this week, but... On the Las Vegas side, let's start with quarterback Derek Carr. I do think he is streamable this week. Um, just hard to know, you know, how Indy is going to respond, you know, to their coach being fired and replaced by Jeff Saturday. You know, is the locker room going to be inspired by Saturday? Are they going to be like, wow, we're just throwing in the towel for the season? It's just it's hard to know how that defense is going to come out and play. Um, they have been a relatively decent defense, um, but I think that you can stream Derek Carr this week if you need someone to play. Um I think we kind of established a line. I, would you put, would you put Derek Carr over Kirk Cousins first and foremost? Um, I don't know if I would. I really I don't like him quite as much in this in this matchup. I think you like you said you have a decent defense here in Indianapolis. So 
you know, not the best on the offensive side for him, but also uh, an Indianapolis Colts team that's probably not going to put a ton of scoreboard pressure on him. I see this more as a Josh Jacobs game. I, you know, I think Derek Carr's upside here is a 250 and two, and his downside is maybe more of a 150 and one type of game if, uh, you know, they go up early and the the run game just kind of takes over from there. Yeah, no, that's fair. I, I'm not going to continue if you're going to put him below uh, Kirk Cousins. I think he's kind of the yeah. line we've uh, we've established there. So, uh, yeah. Josh Jacobs, running back, Devontae Adams, the wide receiver. You're definitely starting both those guys. Um, and then another interesting name here, Mac Hollins. Um, I definitely think he is flexible for the upcoming weeks, especially if you're you know weak at the wide receiver position. Uh, Renfro and Waller both on the IR are going to miss uh, four games. So. Um, yeah, I think – I mean, he kind of was already their number two passing option anyway, so I think he kind of just gets a little bit of uptick in consistency and, again, a slightly higher floor. So if you were um, picked up Matt Collins throughout this week when you got the news, I think you made a great play. And if you need to flex him as soon as this week, I'm, I'm okay with it. Again, this matchup's a little scary because this could just be – you know, they may not have to throw the ball whatsoever. But um, I do if, – if you have to play him this week, I don't mind it. And going forward for the next four weeks, I think he's definitely a startable option. Yeah, I think I would be avoiding him this week a little bit more than you are again, just kind of for the reasons I laid out before. I do agree that he's probably going to be a good pickup. It is one of the reasons I didn't jump to get him uh, in a couple of my deeper leagues was because of this matchup this week that I didn't love, and he plays at Denver next week. So you're probably going to have to wait maybe a week or even two to play him, but after that his schedule lightens up a little bit. So uh, he should be very involved in this uh, Vegas offense, and they've been – you know, the offense has not really been the problem so far this year. It hasn't been great, but uh, the defense has just been absolutely horrible. So that should be another tick in his corner. Yeah, absolutely. And then um, I do want to get your opinion on this guy with Foster Moreau. Um, again, I think he's on my streaming radar, but I don't think that I would be looking to try and play him at all this week. I think you probably feel the same way just based on the way you feel about the matchup. But what's your, um, what's your outlook on Moreau rest of season? Yeah, I think he could find himself into that uh, you know eight to twelve range we talk about a lot if he ends up being a consistent part of this offense. But this week and maybe even moving forward, we'll just have to see what his involvement looks like. But uh, I would put him in the uh, kind of like the touchdown or bust guys, and I'd probably put him towards the lower end of that. I'd rather play like a Cole Komet than him. Uh, probably a Mike Kosicki might play him over a Dawson Knox at this point with Case Keenum in the lineup. Yeah, I, I like where you have him there for sure. Alrighty, move over to a I think a what we all would have thought would have been a pretty premier matchup, and this will be discussed on our best bets episode. I don't know if I'm gonna lock this in as one of my best bets, but it's I may just have it as more of a warning. Um, but we'll get into that on that podcast. It will be released over this weekend, so if you're listening to this one, check out that one as well. We are on a heater, um, but on for the fantasy aspect Big of time. it. Um, Oh, big time. Nick specifically. I actually had some stats that I was going to throw out there, but I'll save them for the uh, the actual Best Bets podcast. Um, Dallas is favored by four and a half, over under 44 points. Dak Prescott, is. I'd start him pretty confidently this week. I think he's probably in the highest tier of streaming options. Um, only concern here is if Green Bay does what they did last week, then, again, scoreboard pressure might be close to none. But I still, in this matchup, you've got to play Dak Prescott feel the same way yeah we really haven't talked about Prescott a lot so far here uh I think that was a little bit of an oversight on my part I'm not 
I think this is a similar take to the Chicago take that I had earlier uh, a couple weeks ago. That didn't really end up working out for me because uh, Prescott basically scored all of the touchdowns right off the bat. But I think, like you said, this could turn out similarly. I uh, The Green Bay's actually been much better at defending the pass than they have the run. So yeah. I would be a little scared here uh, for Prescott, especially because I just do not by this Green Bay offense being able to score at all against Dallas uh, right now with the way this offense looks. So um, I think, you know, like you said, he's probably still in the starting tier, but I'd be I'd be starting Brady, I'd be starting uh, Geno Smith, I'd be starting uh, maybe even a Trevor Lawrence over Dak Prescott. I'd probably put him right there, uh, right below Trevor Lawrence. Okay, wow. You have him, I would say, uh, definitely a couple spots lower than where I would have him at. Um I, I could see Geno being above him and Brady as well, but I think I would have him probably behind Brady. Um, and he probably uh, Justin Herbert's just kind of tough right now with the injury. Um, we'll talk about him in a little bit, but I think I'd have him behind Brady, above Lawrence, uh, Garoppolo, um, and you know I'd probably have him actually right next to Jared Goff because I think I'd have Jared Goff in his matchup above Dak as well, but. Um, I'm probably just a little bit more optimistic on him. I think that this offense is just, they could be coming together and be really good. Um, but I, I understand your, um, you know, yeah, it's all about, it's there. all about this, yeah. just this matchup here. Yeah, I, the I matchup's just tough. think it's going to go more of the running game and, uh, Green Bay is probably not going to make them score that much. Yeah. So, uh, speaking of the running game, Zeke and Tony Pollard, uh, Zeke, Looking like he may not play. Um, I think you could start Pollard either way. Um, if Zeke plays, he may be limited, and Pollard gets a little bit more work. And then again, if Zeke if Zeke sits, Pollard becomes a must start kind of player. So I'm looking to play Pollard this week. My my question for you is: Do you feel the same about Pollard? And if Zeke plays, do you have confident confidence playing him in your fantasy lineup? Um, I I definitely I think Pollard's in your lineup either way. Uh, sure. So I. I think you're just putting Pollard in there. Uh, even if Zeke plays, I'm expecting at least some limitation. Uh, I I don't know why the Cowboys would bring him back and you know handle it that way, but I just can't imagine he's going to be completely healthy coming off the MCL sprain. So uh, I would start Pollard either way, and then Zeke I'm probably trying to avoid, but running back is tough, and, and Green Bay is uh, much worse at defending the run than they are the pass. So you'd think this should be a good matchup for him. Trying to find a line here. I'd probably put him like below the Antonio Gibsons, uh, Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilsons of the world, but I'd okay. play him above a Khalil Herbert um, and maybe some of those lower tier options. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I think that's a really good line to set it at, actually. Um, the wide receiver room here. So I feel like Nick probably going to be a little bit lower on the second guy just based on your game script idea. But for me, CeeDee Lamb is a must start. He's one of the best wide receivers uh, for fantasy football. Michael Gallup, a little bit more interesting. Um, I still think this could be a solid matchup for him. Again, I I think this game's going to be a little closer than people expect, um, but I'll go into a little bit more detail why in a little bit. Um, so I don't necessarily mind flexing Gallup, but I, I would be looking to um, – um, I would I would not want to play Gallup, I, but if you had to, I, I – can understand it. I, I don't think this matchup is as scary as Nick does, but if you're in Nick's camp and you think it's going to be a blowout and the passing game's not needed, then Gallup is a must-sit for sure. Yeah, I don't think I'm looking Gallup's way this week. I would probably play the, the Zay Joneses and Donovan Peoples-Joneses. We, uh, I think we he's right in that same tier for me. Yeah, so, yeah, I don't, I don't blame you. Um, and then Dalton Schultz, I think he's a higher-tier streamer. Um, hopefully he's coming off the uh, bye week, feeling pretty good. Hopefully his injury is kind of healed up for him and he can uh, 
kind of move into an every week starter, but we'll kind of see how that plays out. Are you good with playing Dalton Schultz this week as a higher end streamer? Yeah, I'd put him in the uh, Dulcich, Fryermuth, uh, Ingram tier, and probably towards the higher end of that tier. Sweet. I think we're right on the same page there. All right, the Green Bay side. I'm just going to start this quick with Aaron Rodgers. After last week, how is anyone going to go in this week with Rodgers locked in their lineup? Um, not only would I be looking at streaming options, you should have been looking at streaming options on Tuesday. Um, it's just, I said it last week, if he does not destroy that Lions defense, then I don't know how you trust him rest of season. So that's the way I'm kind of going to be looking at Rodgers until he proves me otherwise. But on the running back situation here, um, Jones is back with no injury designation. Um, now, granted, Najee Harris has no injury designation, but there is a chance he still has a lingering injury holding him back the entire season. So just because they take that off doesn't mean that it's that there's no issue there. It just means that he was able to practice fully. So um, I think that, and at least it's cleared to a certain extent that they have that they're able to put take it off. So. Um, right. I do think Jones, was, for me, is still the guy that I want. Um, but my thing with A.J. Dillon is even when Jones went down last week, he just he wasn't impressive. So if, even if Jones, if they split 50-50, I would rather play Aaron Jones with the higher you know upside than A.J. Dillon. Um, but I, I don't know. What do you think about on these running backs? Are you similar there with A.J. Dillon? I just, I, even if Jones is limited, I don't have a lot of confidence playing him. Yeah, I think he's basically a handcuff at this point. I would put him in the same category as Khalil Herbert and maybe even behind him if Jones is healthy and ready to go, as it seems like he is. So, yeah, I don't even think you can – there's a lot of better options than A.J. Dillon uh, yep. unless Jones is out. Yep, okay. I think we can kind of probably move on from A.J. Dillon, at least not not fantasy roster-wise, but just talking about him each week-wise until he actually yep. does something for us. Uh, 100%. Last time A.J. Dillon put up more than 10 points in a full PPR game was week one, so – uh, I think we can cut the cord there. <laughs> oh, so Alan Lazard here, I think he's probably the only wide receiver option you're looking at in this game. Um, it is a tough matchup. Dallas's defense has been good. Their defensive line's elite. I imagine Aaron Rodgers is going to get extremely frustrated at some point in this game. Um, but the thing for me is the last time Alan Lazard had under 10 PPR points in a game that he played was week two. So for, at this point, until he proves me otherwise, Alan Lazard's going to be locked and loaded in my lineup. Don't love the matchup this week, but with Dubs, Dobbs going down, I just I think Lazard should be locked in. Are you on the same page with him, or do you feel differently? No, nah, he's a wide receiver too, for sure. Uh, like you said, he's just too necessary to this offense right now. Yep, absolutely. And then Robert Tanyan, uh, you know, Dobbs' injury does uh, mean some targets have to be distributed elsewhere. I do like Tanyan's prospects, but this week I just don't like the matchup against Dallas. Um, Again, I just I see Rodgers getting extremely frustrated and just not having a uh, you know overly good week for this offense in general. So, uh, but yeah, do you higher like- end higher end of the 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 TD or bust streamers for me uh, below Evan Ingram and all those guys, but uh, yep. probably above Gasicki, uh, Komet, and uh, who was the other one? Dawson Knox. I might even play Komet above him actually. Above Bob Town. I don't mind that. Against Detroit, yeah. why, how could you not, actually? That's, that's Yeah, true. I think I would go commit there. Um, yeah, for sure. All righty. So we are kind of wrapping. We're getting through these pretty quickly here. Uh, Arizona at Los Angeles Rams. The Rams are favored by three, over under 40 and a half in the potential battle of backup quarterbacks. Um, Arizona Yikes. quarterback Kyler Murray, game time decision. 
Uh, again, this is going to be an afternoon game. So unless you have afternoon or primetime pivot options, you're going to have to call your shots at noon and, you know, hope either Kyler plays or pivot away from their options. Um, I think James Conner, though, he's a solid RB2 option this week. Good start uh, last week, and I think he gets more work if Kyler sits. Um, he's also a, a decent pass catcher, so if Kyler can't move, he may get some of those dump-down options if Kyler does play. So I do like James uh, James Conner quite a bit this week. Yeah, agreed with Conner. I think you got to put him in there. He's an RB2. Uh, he looked fine last week, had decent efficiency, and he got the snaps that you want. And in a game that should be a little closer, at least uh, to start, he will be very necessary, especially if the backup is in. So definitely put it, put Connor in, even in a tough matchup. Yep, absolutely. And then um, Hopkins and Rondell Moore are the two wide receiver options you're looking at here. Um, with Kyler, I think you can start both. Hopkins as a wide receiver one, Rondell Moore as a wide receiver three type um, in full PPR. But without Kyler, Hopkins as a wide receiver two, Moore becomes kind of a must-sit for me. Um, again, with this being a game-time decision, I'd probably be looking at what other options I had besides Moore. Um, but, um, you know, hopefully you have another pivot option and potentially at the 3 o'clock window or in one of the two primetime games. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I think we kind of, you know, I, I think we kind of hit a good line with the Kareem Hunt situation. You know, would you play Kareem Hunt or wait for the potential of Kyler and Rondale? So I don't want to drag it on too much, but do you have any more to add about Rondale um, and it, kind of what line you'd have him at this week? Yeah, I don't know how. I don't think his value is completely torpedoed. If uh, it's the backup, I am actually trying to research who that would be, so I can have a better idea of how I worried I would Colt be. The backup. Okay. Uh, yeah. No, honestly, I wouldn't be that worried if it was Colt McCoy. I think you could just ride it out with Rondale, and you know, if you get a, a few, you know, one or two less targets because it's Colt. Uh, I I think Rondale can still be fine with McCoy under center, so uh, that's he's he's a, a higher end backup option, I would say. So yeah. I'm not that scared of it, and I I I think Kyler Murray will play too. So that's that that would make me go uh, go with Rondale more and just kind of risk it uh, if I'm considering a lower tier option in the noon window. That is fair. Yeah, if it's a low end option, then just stick it out with more because uh, you know. If Kyler does get downgraded to out, then he's just a low-end option. So there's no reason to, you know, take away a potential upside play for um, trying to play it safe. But on the tight end side, Zach Ertz, I think he's a starter level uh, with Kyler. And then I'd still play him without Kyler. I'm not going to go um, looking on the waiver wire. There's probably not someone out there that I'd play over uh, Zach Ertz. Like you mentioned, Colt McCoy is a pretty solid backup, um, you know, in NFL standards. Yeah, he's just fine. Still a starting to starting level tight end for sure, even with McCoy in the lineup. Absolutely. And then the home team here, the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, just want to take a second. Stafford did not or did practice in a limited fashion on Friday. Super weird situation. I, I feel like the Rams are really good at keeping things under wraps. Like I know he was in concussion protocol. Did he have a concussion? Does he not have a concussion? Uh, how is he able to play without that not information being out there? I, or not play, but practice? I don't know. Just very weird situation for me. I'm not really able to pick up a vibe of with, whether or not he's going to play. Um, luckily, I don't think it's going to affect too many options here. Um, have you seen any update on the whole Stafford situation at all? Yeah, no, I, I said it a few weeks ago, and I'll say it again. I do not understand uh, the new concussion protocol, uh, just rules, and the effects of 
what happens when they're diagnosed. I, I, do, I don't get it. I, I thought basically at, at the start that anytime you saw somebody go into the protocol, they would be out for that week. And that was just kind of what we we're going to have to live with. But that has not been the case. Some guys have come back. So I, I don't know what to make of it. You just got to keep your eye on it. Yeah, may have been a slight overreaction to, uh, you know, the big Tua situation that happened in prime Well, if it keeps year. guys safer, I'm totally with oh, it. You know, I think yeah. they should do more to protect against uh, head injuries, but I just don't understand this rule. So I wish I wish I could have somebody explain it to me, and maybe that would make it easier for me to determine whether these guys are going to play or even have a chance. But uh, I just, it's it's confusing for sure. Yeah. The running back room, the disgusting running back room. Um, this is probably the last week that you will want to play Henderson if you are in a situation where you have to. Um, but I do assume Kyron is going to start getting some of the workload. Um, as I have stated many times, I think Nick agrees as well. Kyron seems to be the guy you want rest of season, but behind this offensive line, I think the value in this entire backfield is just pretty low in general. Yeah, Kyron's worth a stash. Obviously, any starting running back in the NFL is going to be valuable, especially on the former Super Bowl champs who could potentially figure it out. Kyron also more of a uh, pass-catching back uh, out of the two of these guys, so he could be valuable in that role. But, um, yeah, I don't know what to expect this week at all. I, I would be sketchy even starting Henderson because we saw them pivot to Ronnie Rivers one game uh, a couple weeks ago when I guess Henderson was kind of out with the flu that leading up to that. But either way, I could see Kyron getting half the work or even more if he runs well. So I, I would be scared to start either one of these guys. I'd probably pivot as low as um, Ezekiel Elliott if he's healthy over Daryl Henderson for sure. Uh, I would think I would even take Khalil Herbert over Daryl Henderson, uh, just not knowing what's going to happen here. Yeah, I, I don't like the fact that people would have to play Henderson. I think he's honestly droppable, and I think he's just a roster clog you can let someone else hold on to. But – if you're in a situation where you have to play him, I think this is going to be the last week you're going to feel comfortable doing so. So I would be looking at uh, pivot options very fast. Um, 100%. The wide receiver room, very simple this week. It's Cooper Cup and bust for me. Um, if Matthew Stafford plays and you want to take a wild shot on Allen Robinson, be my guest. I definitely will not be doing so. Um, but if Wolford plays, it's Cooper Cup and him only. Um, and you do got to bring your expectation down a little bit. But He's the best player in the world for fantasy football, so you're not taking him out of your lineup for just about anything. Yeah, I, I, I'm curious how how worried would you be if it is Wolford? I really just don't know what to expect. I know he played a game, I don't know if it was last year or the year before. It was probably the year before, I believe it was a for an injured Jared Goff. But yeah, uh, everything's just kind of Jared Goff. right. Everything's just kind of changed since. Um, you know, obviously Stafford got there, so it's hard to really compare that to to anything for Cup, but. I, I, don't, I just I do not know what to expect at all without Stafford in the lineup. I wonder how much of this Cooper Cup is because of Matthew Stafford or if it's just uh, he's you know gotten better as a player. Yeah, I do want to give a lot of credit to Cooper Cup because even though Matthew Stafford is putting it on him a lot more consistently than Jared Goff may have been, Cooper Cup's getting himself wide open on every single play, and the defense knows where it's going on just about every single play. So he is, uh, he is just a world-class route runner, and I think on – when you're playing with a quarterback that's probably not as you know accurate as a Matt Stafford, um, you know like John Wolford will most likely be. Um, I think having those receivers that are able to get themselves open, not to, you don't necessarily have to throw them open, um, will just help out this younger guy. I guess not younger, but hasn't had a lot of experience guy, um, just in general. But 
again, I think Cooper Cup's the best player in fantasy football. Um, I there's zero chance I would take him out, but I do think you do have to you do have to downgrade him a little bit because Wolford may spread the ball around a little bit more than Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford was pretty much hyper targeting Cup and Higby to for most of this season so far. So expectations yeah. got to change, but there's no way I would even consider taking Cup out of the lineup. Um, yeah, you can't take him that. out. And then um, Tyler Higby, um, the Cardinals give it up to the tight end position. So with Stafford, I had him as a high-level streamer this week. I know he's coming off a couple rough games, but again, Noah Fant had a really big game against the Cardinals. I would trust Tyler Higby to be able to do so. Without Stafford, I'd probably downgrade him to a mid-level streamer. Um, do you kind of have him around Evan Ingram? Is that a good line to put him at, or do you have him somewhere different? I'd probably put him just above Ingram if it's Stafford. Um, and then, you know, obviously below the rest of the guys in that group. And then if it's Wolford, he probably falls into that touchdown or bust type of tight end tier, uh, even though that doesn't really describe his game necessarily. But I'd put him above Knox and Gasicki and below Komet and Tunyon. Absolutely. All righty. Sunday night football time. I can tell you what, Nick, I am stoked for this one. Um, this game will be brought back up in our best bets. And um, I can just see okay. I can see Chris Collinsworth sliding into his chair right now. I, I am so excited for this game. I think it's going to be really. Uh, yeah, I don't. I the, these two teams. I, I don't know why I have a random soft spot for the 49ers. I do listen to another podcast that's based in San Francisco, so they talk about them a lot. So like I just naturally just you know they root for them in a way. So I just kind of like them just because when Fair they enough. play yeah, yeah. good, the podcast is more enjoyable to listen to. And then the Chargers. Divisional rivalish, but they're kind of like the little brother, big brother to the Chiefs. So, you know, a little pat on the head. It's good to see them when they play good against other teams. So, again, (laughs) soft spot for both these teams. I like a lot of the players on both these teams as well. I'm just really excited for it. Um, Chargers here, or again, uh, 49ers favored by seven at home in the over under 45 and a half. Um, First here, Chargers quarterback Justin Herbert. Um, in our week nine and Thursday night football preview episodes, we did tell you, you probably are going to want to consider a streaming option this week. Um, again, I, it's just tough. The San Francisco defense is really good and there's going to be no Keenan Allen and Mike Williams most likely. So, um, I think that there's a couple names here I like over him, but Nick, I'm going to throw it to you and see where you'd put him at. Uh, would you play Trevor Lawrence at Kansas city over Justin Herbert? I would, uh, give me Trevor Lawrence. All right, and then I already know based on other answers, you'd also go Jared Goff over Justin Herbert? Yes, I would. All right, and then I'm not even going to ask you this last one. I'm sure you'd take Herbert <laughs> over Derek Carr, right? You are correct. Cool. Yeah, we kind of I kind of figured out that line halfway through this pod. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> Perfect. All right, so we'll run through the rest of these names real quick. Running back, Austin Eckler must start. Uh, he's just awesome for fantasy football. Uh, for me, Josh Palmer is a wide receiver too, must start option with none of these uh, big names playing. And Carter is a flexible option. You're probably going to need him to get in the end zone to be valuable. But when the you know options are limited, his chance of getting in the end zone is not too bad. So um, I think I think I'd play um, Adam Thielen over DeAndre Carter if that tells you where my line is for him. But he should at least be on radars if you need someone to. You know, a last-second pivot option that may be on waiver wires. Yeah, uh, Carter did not impress last week against a much easier matchup than this, sure. so it is going to be tough to trust him. I probably would go him above Adam Thielen. Uh, again, I think he's going to be just about as necessary to the offense as Thielen is, and I think 
Uh, I trust Herbert more uh, against the 49ers than I do Cousins against the Bills. It's it's probably probably close, but I would take Herbert. So yeah. I think I'd probably just go Carter because I like uh, you know that the wide receiver two in the this offense better than the the Vikings. So fair enough. Not not much of a lean, but I'll take Carter. Yeah, and then in the tight end room, uh, Gerald Everett, in my opinion, he just maintains as a top option with all the injuries around him. Yeah, uh, above maybe above a Dulcich, below a Hawkinson, that type of range uh, with the yep. tough matchup. But you're you're probably starting him. Yep, I agree with you. I think he's probably right behind uh, Hawkinson for me. Um, yep. And then on the San Francisco side, I think this is going to be really easy here. Uh, Jimmy G, he can be streamed in a plus matchup. I think I can kind of guess right where you'd have him at. You'd you'd play Jimmy G over Derek Carr, right? Yes, I would. Jimmy G over Kirk Cousins. Yes, it would. All right, we hit the Kirk Cousins line. We can go ahead and <laughs> move on. <laughs> Let leave it at that. Absolutely. Um, I would say if if you are wondering what we mean when we say that, anyone that we said we would play over Kirk Cousins should be started in the majority of leagues. If there's anyone we said we'd play Kirk Cousins over, those guys should not be getting started in your league. Uh, running back room, Christian McCaffrey must start. Um, you know, he's their quarterback, wide receiver, and running back all in one. So, got to play him. Uh, I'm just kidding by that, but uh, Debo Samuel is also a must start. <laughs> um, and then Ayuk is a wide receiver three option to me, very boom or bust. Um, my my issue with Brandon Ayuk is this is going to be the first week we're going to see CMC, Debo, Kittle, and Ayuk all out there on the field together, and I think Ayuk is just a clear uh, step below those other guys. Um, just overall, you know. Uh, just the way I guess I see the way their offense working is he would be the fourth option. So boom or bust, he does have the potential to get into the end zone, and he is a pretty solid wide receiver. So I think he should be rostered, but I'm a little bit scared off of him this week. Do you feel any differently? Um, no, I see your point. Uh, I think I, I think I'm still putting him in there in most situations just because of how good he's been recently and how good the San Francisco offense looks. The matchup. You'd figure the Chargers would be able to put at least a little scoreboard pressure on them. So, uh, yeah, like you said, the Chargers defense does not look good either. Uh, would you rather start Brandon Ayuk or Devontae Smith against the uh, the Commanders? Oh, that's I, I honestly see these as very, very similar situations. Um, but I am yep. going to go Ayuk only because I do feel like the uh, scoreboard pressure for, is a real thing and the Chargers can put it on the 49ers a little bit more than Washington's going to put it on Philadelphia. Denver guys or Brandon Ayuk? Mm, that's a great question. That is probably right. I think I'd have Ayuk just slightly below those guys. I think I'm still going to have a little bit more trust in Judy and Sutton. Um, just because their running backs are, you know, they're not very dominant. Like, like there's no CMC or Debo Samuel or even a George Kittle on that team. You know, we don't know. We'll see what Dolchitz turns into. But, um, you know, Sutton and Judy are probably like two of the better athletes on that offense. So I just think that they they need to get worked in more. And again, whatever's going on with the Russell Wilson situation, if the bye week can help, just get get once the offense gets going. You know, I think if their offense gets going by the end of the year, Denver wide receivers might be on championship rosters. So that's how good I think they can be uh, this week. Uh, I don't know. I, this week's kind of tough because I do like Ayuk's matchup a lot more. So I may actually lean Ayuk over those two guys, but you you have me tilting pretty hard on that question. I'd have to really look. <laughs> I'd have to look more into it than I am right now, just going off the top of my head. Well, that means I hit a good line there. So they're probably 
somewhat similar value this week at the wide receiver position. I think you can put him right in that range with the Denver guys. Yeah, enjoy that nice little like minute and a half of ranting tilt I just went on <laughs> talking about. But uh, the tight end, George Kittle, you're going to play him for sure at that position. Yep. Um, and then we'll move on to the last game, Monday Night Football. Nice little divisional matchup, Washington at Philadelphia. Philadelphia favored by 11, over under 43 and a half. Um, in Philadelphia, coming off of a like almost basically two whole weeks off of uh, off of football with the Thursday night into Monday night game, so pretty yep, nice uh, little true. extended break for them. But on the Washington side, quarterback Taylor Heineke, uh, I would say he's normally a QB two option, but I just don't want to play him this week against Philly. Um, you know, they may be in a passing situation a lot, so he can rack up some numbers and maybe a garbage time garbage time touchdown, but. I think that's what you'd be looking for if you played Heineke. Um, and then in the running back room, uh, when it comes to Antonio Gibson, I'm a little bit concerned because McKissick injury isn't as bad as presumed, at least when we were talking about this last week. But out of this backfield, Gibson is the only startable player. And to kind of put him at a line, would you play Antonio Gibson or Najee Harris this week? Yuck, uh, first off. But second off, I'd probably play Gibson in any sort of PBR format, Najee and non. Okay, yep, fair enough there. Uh, do you have any more to add about any of the other running backs in this backfield or anything else to add about Gibson? No, I don't think you can consider Robinson this week. Just a really bad matchup for the type of running back he is for this team. Yep. And I like Gibson actually quite a bit just because uh, the catches should be there uh, in a game they should be trailing. And, again, this is only PPR and half PPR leagues, but uh, I would take him over a guy like Najee Harris. Yep, I don't mind that. Um, and then on the in the wide receiver room, we have Terry McLaurin. Um, I still have the kind of a you know same deal of confidence in him at a wide receiver two level, but it'd be a back end wide receiver two with a tough matchup, maybe yep. even a high end wide receiver three. Um, again, just pretty tough matchup this week against Philadelphia. Uh, but if you are needing Terry McLaurin, like if he's just kind of locked and loaded in your wide receiver two spot, you're fine to keep rolling him there. Um, Curtis Samuel is a guy I think maybe deserves a little bit more talking about. Um, he's typically good for around 10 points a week. I, I looked at his uh, game log before while I was making these notes. If he doesn't score a touchdown, it's basically anywhere between 9 and 12 points. If he does score a touchdown, it's between 15 and 8 or 15 and 18. So um, I don't. I think this is going to be a tough week for him to get in the end zone. So I think his ceiling is ultimately capped at probably right around 10 PPR points. So. If you need someone, if you need a boom player, I don't think Curtis Samuel is the way to go. You know, if you just need a, a solid flex option to get you some points, make sure that you get the easy win this week. I think Curtis Samuel fits in that space, but just overall a tough matchup this week against Philadelphia. Yeah, I don't really like what I've seen from him with Taylor Heineke either. We're one 49-yard touchdown away. Yep. Uh, that was assisted by a ref from him having three pretty bad weeks so far with Taylor Heineke. So um, I'm not really buying that, uh, and I would be okay starting McLaurin, like you said, but I would probably be trying to avoid uh, Curtis Samuel, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, and then the tight end situation and uh, with, with Heineke at the quarter, really with even Wentz at the quarterback, there, no tight end has been playable uh, for Washington. Nope. 
And then the Philadelphia side, I think, is super easy. Um, quarterback Jalen Hurts, you're playing. Running back Miles Sanders, you're playing. Wide receiver A.J. Brown, you're playing. Tight end Dallas Goddard, you're playing. No doubt about it. Yep. Devontae Adams is the only – sorry, Devontae Smith is the only one that is kind of someone you'd have a little bit of a discussion about. But for me, it's very simple. He's a boom-bust wide receiver three slash flex option. He's going to have probably another – two or three great games at some point this year, but he's also capable of dudding each and every week as he is just kind of the ancillary piece in this offense. Um, but, if, again, if he, if you're in a league with three wide receivers and additional flex options on top of that, he's definitely playable. Would you start him or Gabe Davis against the Vikings? Uh, with Case Keenum playing, I think i got to go Devontae Smith. Uh, Devontae Smith or the Denver guys? Um, I think I'm going to go the Denver guys over Devontae Smith there. Beautiful. Found the line above Gabe Davis, below uh, Jerry Judy and uh, Cortland Sutton. Yep, right there. Found it perfectly. Sweet. Uh, but do you have anything else to add on Philadelphia? I don't think so. They're pretty easy. Uh, like you said, that they're all uh, they're all pretty much in there except Smith. If, uh, if you're in the three-receiver league, you're probably playing them, though. Yeah, absolutely. I, I do agree with you there. But that'll wrap up our uh, our Week 10 preview hitting the double digits. That means this is uh, going to be wrapping up here within the next, you know, six, seven weeks. So make sure you're sharing with everybody that you know. Um, you know, as I posted on social this week, we want to help as many people bring home those championships as possible. So if you've been selfish and keeping us to yourself and, uh, you know, give somebody else in your league a chance so that way you can have someone good to play in the championship game. <laughs> that wasn't a good selling point, but just 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 share the Facebook post or, you know, share, share with a friend, family, whatever. If you're listening this far, you know, an hour and 46 in, you probably already have shared, so we appreciate you. Yeah, absolutely, guys. Thank you. Uh, good luck in week 10, and look out for that Best Bets pod. It's uh, It's on quite the heater right now. Absolutely. All right, peace out, everybody.